Blog Talk Radio. Everybody, it's your girl Cy Brown, and welcome to the Cy Brown Morning Show. We have a great show for you today. We have Miss Gwyneth Mosby, who is the founder of the Professional Makeup Conference that's happening down in the ATL. She will be joining us in a few moments. But I want to say this to everybody: we are quickly approaching the Thanksgiving holiday, and a lot of people. Um, are without, let's just put it this way, a lot of people are without. Um, you know, sometimes I speak with people just, you know, just in random conversations and and they say, Sai, you know, we have to go food shopping, we have to do this, we have to do that. And I kind of feel the pressure of Thanksgiving as well. I actually wanted to repaint my house until my husband was like, Saida, are you nuts? Um, but, you know, you kind of judge up your space and you, you kind of you start to go shopping, you see the stuffing in, in the grocery store. But there's a lot of people that are that are struggling. Let, let, let's put it plainly. A lot of people right now are struggling. A lot of people don't have this Thanksgiving. So I'm just asking all of you that if you can possibly donate some food, um, some money, cash, um, some of your time to maybe the Salvation Army or another organization in your area just to help those that may not have as much as you have. And my grandmama used to say, God bless her, she's 92 years old, we may not have a lot, but we have something. And I'm I'm just making this little plea. Um, I know we help out our local Salvation Army. We've been, my husband and my two children and I, well, now not them so much because they're now older and it's and they want to hang out with their friends, but I know when they were little, uh, we always went and helped and served food and, you know, cleaned up after they served families. And uh, I don't know if you're all aware, this is actually going to be the topic of a show coming up, um, but a lot of people's food stamps were just cut. And so it may not affect you, or it may, but, you know, I'm I'm just asking, um, as we approach this Thanksgiving holiday, if you can just give a little something-something to some people, to an organization, a reputable charitable organization, just to help um, those who may not have as much as you do. So I am getting off of my soapbox. Thanks for listening. (laughs) But in the meantime, I'm going to bring in our fabulous guest, if you are in the ATL or you are in the entertainment or fashion industry, you need to check out this conference, the Professional Makeup Artist Conference. It's happening in Atlanta, and I have the pleasure of having the founder of the conference joining us today, Miss Gwyneth Mosby. Hello. Good morning, beautiful. Are you there? Hello. I am here. How are you? I can am you hear well. me? I'm so happy. Yes, I can. Can you hear me? <laughs> I can hear you wonderful. <laughs> Yay, I'm so happy. Big shout-out to Jen Farris from Z Dennis Media who was able to make this happen. I love Jen. (laughs) I do, too. She has been incredible with this conference. Yeah, she she rocks what she does. I met Jen when I used to live in Atlanta, and then I deflected and came back to New York, but we stayed in touch, (laughs) so I'm I'm happy that – she just said, Sai, I've got a great person for your show. So I'm glad you were able to, um, thought it not robbery, to join us today and share about this wonderful event. I want you, if you can, just to tell the list, 
a little bit about who you are because I have tons of questions about this conference. So <laughs> just indulge us right now. <laughs> oh, my gosh, wow. Well, my name is uh, Gwyneth Mosby. I am a professional makeup artist. I have been for um, 27 years, and I used to come to your fair city all the time to work. I, uh, I actually... Um, I'm known for Tony Braxton's uh, makeup artist and as TLC's makeup artist, and a lot of people tease me just because uh, I was the one that gave Left Eye that the line, the football line under her eye um, that she's known for sporting, and uh, worked with SWV and Faith Evans, and you know a lot of artists in the industry, uh, Total, uh, Xscape, um, Chris Cross, Arrested Development, just a lot of different. Uh, Happened to be in Atlanta. Of course, I'm a native, but when that music mm-hmm. scene took off, when it took off, and I happened to be right there in place, and from there just got a chance to work and do, you know, so many beautiful artists and have had a great time um, at it and decided to do this conference. Well, you know, I first of all, kudos on the, the mark under left eye's eye. That was so original. <laughs> and I, I will say... To me, that was the best time in, in, like, urban music, just when Atlanta showed up and was like, hello, we're here. Yes, (laughs) yes, yes, yes. yes. Such an original style, an original sound. And so for you to be a part of that, like, that's, you know, just to be be able to say I was there. And, you know, I want to also say Tony Braxton, flawless face. Like, how oh, yeah. did you get into makeup? Like, how did you even get started in that industry? Because people don't, they sleep on the makeup. You know, <laughs> you think of all of these, they need the stylist, they need the manager. But if you don't look good and your your eyelashes aren't right, it could really change your look. See, thank you for saying that because, you know, I know you say you're going to talk about the conference, but I'm trying to bring awareness to uh, makeup artists. And one thing I love about New York and L.A., to be honest with you, you are aware of the makeup artists. You have, you know, mm-hmm. you know who they are, you, and you guys are very aware of who they are. But in Atlanta, we got great makeup artists here, but people don't know, you know, who they are, that they even live in Atlanta. And uh, one thing we're trying to do is definitely not expose them, but just celebrate with them who they are and the things that they've done. And we have so many shows that are you know, taped in Atlanta, like, you know, Love and Hip Hop Atlanta, of course, and then Atlanta Housewives, and, of course, uh, um, The Game and all these different shows, Vampire mm-hmm. Diaries, The Walking Dead, and Drop Dead. There's so many shows that are filmed in Atlanta, but people don't know who the makeup artists are behind these, you know, great shows, and that's something we're exposing. And, you know, as in, one thing we do say is that without that makeup artist, you know, these type shows, you know, wouldn't be as fabulous because, who, you know, who wants to see their starlet star without that makeup artist or without a beautiful makeup job? So um, makeup artists work hard. They go they go unrecognized. They put in long hours. And, you know, they, lo- they do it because they love what they do. And they don't do it for the acclaim or anything, but they are to be celebrated because it is an art form and it is a craft. So, um, you know, just to bring that to the forefront, and that's what we're trying to do, you know, in this. There's a show that I watch um, called Black Ink Crew, and it airs on VH1, and it's at a tattoo shop in Harlem. And, they, you know, they toggle, like all of the other urban reality shows, they toggle between, you know, the, the, the cast 
all made up in, in, you know, these one-on-one scenes, and then they'll have a regular scene of them just kind of in their house getting dressed. They look like totally different people once they're made up. <laughs> like, it, lo- it looks like a totally different, uh, some lipstick, some eyes. I don't know what you all do with the with the <laughs> eyeshadow and the shading and the depths of creating cheekbones. <laughs> but you can really transform your look. But then how do people who are not famous and celebrities and have makeup artists, what can they do from home just to kind of change their look? Is wow, it a new lipstick, so, a new color? Yeah, that's so funny you said that because one of my, my clients here in Atlanta is a, is a, um, she's a you know prominent attorney, and she was like, uh, you know, how about someone like me, you know, know how to do themselves? And, and, it's, and what's amazing is that, um, you know, the everyday woman, you know, you have a lot of them that are very busy and, and have a big schedule, and they want to look good, too. And so it's a matter of giving them tips and showing them different things that they can do for themselves to bring themselves mm-hmm. out. And always, to me, in looking at a woman, uh, it's things about them that are beautiful, like either their eyes or their skin or their lips or, you know, just their face shape in general. And it's just a matter of knowing what to look at about yourself and what's beautiful about you and know how to expound on that, and that's what's great about makeup. And and some people like matte lipsticks or they like gloss lipsticks, and and it's just things about yourself. And I think you know it's it's a phrase that that the Lord always says that every woman is beautiful, and really every woman is is within herself is something that's very beautiful about her. And as a makeup artist, I can always look at a woman and go, oh my gosh, it's, no matter who she is or what she looks like, it's something beautiful about her. Whether it's going to be that smile or those eyes, or the cheekbones, mm-hmm. or it will be something. And knowing how to bring that out, that's what you want to go to. Even if you go to a counter, they should know how to tell you how to bring out what's special about you. Well, you know what? I, I'm not, I grew up in the Islamic faith. Um, yes. Not, you know, totally covered, but my mom did not, I never saw my mom wear makeup except at my cotillion and even then it was like a sheer lip glossy type of thing and so I didn't grow up even understanding that makeup was used to enhance we kind of frowned upon you know oh she's got lipstick and she's got you know I you know I didn't grow up that way and on the flip side, I have a friend who happens to be, she's of Puerto Rican descent, and she was like, girls, when I turned 14, my mother started dyeing my hair, taught me how to put on makeup, and, and you know, you got to look good. For, and I was like, I had, I'm like 35 years old, and I was bold enough to put streaks in my, you know, highlights in my hair, hoping yeah. that my grandmother didn't get angry with me. Do you find that the perception of makeup varies based upon cultural background or race or anything like that? Definitely. Um, you know, even growing up, coming in school, I remember, I'm, I'm in my 50s now, but I remember being younger and, and with black, you know, black families, to be honest with you, uh, makeup was frowned upon also. Um, we didn't, we wore it, but we wasn't really into it. And, mm-hmm. you know, of course you had men was like, I don't like you with all that. You know, they used to call it war paint back in the day. Uh, right, with all I've heard that on, <laughs> on your face. But culturally, you know, Caucasian families, You, I, mean, I remember being 13 and going to a football game, and one of my friends was, like, totally in heels and she had her hair down, the hoop earrings, makeup <laughs> done, 
all the way, and I'm sitting there going, oh, my gosh, we, at 13, we totally look different. I mean, I might have had on the, right. the wide leg jeans and maybe my platform shoes or something, but makeup, <laughs> I mean, you know, I, the most I had a throw on, but I didn't have any makeup or anything. She had on makeup. I mean, like, full out eyeshadow and foundation. I'm sitting there going, 13? I mean, oh, I can no. remember the year before that, we were 12, and at 13, she totally, totally had come in, like, done. I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, no. And that's when I'm I realized it was like, truly. I'm like, it's truly a cultural difference right here because we are not allowed at 13 to wear makeup. No you're barely, you know, you're barely by the time of prom season, even at 17 and 18, wearing, you know, a little bit more makeup. So it was, it was just really funny to see, uh, you know, see that. And then it, now even here to see the different cultures, uh, I have a school here in Atlanta where I teach makeup, and what's amazing is the different oh, wow. cultures come through my school and seeing them how they are in makeup, and, and it's truly a cultural difference. And I had to go speak at a cosmetology school the other day because I have um, – my school is advanced makeup, so we teach a lot more advanced uh, subjects than just the basic makeup. And what's mm-hmm. amazing is that a young lady that was um, – I think she was Indian – she was of the Indian culture, and she talked to me about makeup and different things. And she was saying in her school how they push um, the different looks. And I said, I understand, you know, because culturally everyone's makeup mm-hmm. is different. And, of course, mm-hmm. some of the other cultures, they're going to, they, you know, they've been doing the smoke eye for, you know, forever because that's how they do makeup, you know what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. like a matter of, uh, she was like, they were telling me, not do it on smoke eye on everybody, you know, kind of not do that and, I was telling her, I said, culturally, you have to just kind of watch out for, you know, moving back and forth and knowing what, it's good to know cultural makeup. And that was a good lesson I learned as a young makeup artist. And actually, it helped me get my job when I first got hired with Pebbles. Pebbles was a, when she was a young singer, I was one of her makeup (laughs) artists. And it helped me work with her because. I mean, I know I didn't, I'm not to be cutting into if you got a question for me, but no, no, no. Uh, it's a, it's about you. I'm, I want to learn so much, and I know my listeners do too. So keep going, darling. Well, well what's amazing is that I'm, you know, in the South here. Uh, when I came up doing makeup uh, in the '80s, it was amazing because it wasn't many black makeup artists here in Atlanta. Uh, and when I came out of a cosmetology school, I only knew of about two or three, but it was two that was really flourishing, and what was amazing is that when I came along, we, we all worked in different markets. And I remember building my portfolio. And in my portfolio was multicultural races. And I had just a book because I didn't want to be, you know, I, didn't, I wanted to show that I can do any culture. And I mm-hmm. remember going to the agencies here because I thought maybe I wanted to do catalog makeup because, I, I, you know, one of the makeup artists here, white guy, had moved to New York, and I remember that. He was really working in New York, and he said, I'm doing catalogs, Glenda's. I kept saying, oh, I'm going there. I want to go there. And <laughs> I decided I want, because I love print, and print is my favorite. So I wanted to go to the catalog market, you know, like your Victoria's Secrets or your Macy's mm-hmm. catalog, or whatever, and I wanted to go into that that market and do makeup. And um, so I said, well, i got to, you know, get an agent. And I and I. All the, the agencies knew me in Atlanta. I was listed with all of them as a makeup artist, but I was freelancing, so I wasn't signed mm-hmm. to any of them because I worked with all the top photographers here. So I decided to 
go and get one of the agencies to represent me if I wanted to go into this catalog market. And I remember walking in and I met with one of the agents. Like I said, they, they knew my name, a lot of them. They had just never met me and they had talked to me on the phone. And I go in, they look at my portfolio and they go, oh, no, Gwyneth, you know, if you want to go into this field here, you have to have a majority uh, Caucasian book and maybe one oh, black wow. or one, one white or one Hispanic. So, you know, I'm thinking to myself, wouldn't it be better if you know I can do all races? This is what I'm thinking to myself. So I walk think, out of right? the agency. Yes, and, I, and my book was fabulous. It was really fabulous. So I walk out of the the agency, and, it, and at this point I had, you know, several Caucasians in the book. I had redheads, brunettes, blondes. I'm thinking as long as I have the different, I mean, the colors of hair and know, I know how to come in with the colors or whatever, you know, this is fine. So I go to another agency, and they tell me the same thing. So by the time I get oh, to the wow. agency, you know, here I go, you know what, I don't have to, uh, I don't have to work here. <laughs> I, I decided did you just, can I just I interrupt? Did, how deflated did you feel? Because, you know, I'm sure the way you felt is a lot of people feel when they're trying to get into any industry and they say you're too tall, you're too fat, you're too short, you know, like how did you get over that emotional piece? Because how 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 you felt can help some of my listeners regardless of the industry that they're in. When they're telling you you got to have this, you got to have that, how did you get over that moment of deflation? Like that moment well, can, of, just well, that I moment honest, of, I, I am good enough. Well, you know what, I, I honestly, it, you know, and it's so funny because I, you know, one of, I remember being in school and one of my instructors told me I was was arrogant. And me, anyone knows me, know my arrogant, but very confident in, in who, who I have in my ability. So at that point, I knew my book was good to be honest with you, because I was really working and I was hired just as a freelancer with a lot of advertising agencies and things, but just trying to go into this market of them mm-hmm. telling me my book has to be this and that. So when I remember walking out, I decided to go, you know, I said, I don't really have to work here. I don't have to work in this town because I refused. I refused. I, was, I kept saying I'm not going to make my whole book. You know, as long as I got some of them, I got them in the book, you know I can do them. So I don't right. want to be where I'm going to have my entire book with Caucasians. I'm going to have a mixture of cultures. And so at that point, I um, threw my book in the trunk of my car, to be honest with you. I just was like, oh, whatever. I just, I threw it in the trunk. I said, I got to re-strategize. That's what I said to myself. I got to rethink this whole thing. So I I started shipping it out to New York and L.A., different things like that. And at one point, my whole book was like tears or whatever. And I remember an agent telling me in New York, they said, oh, you need to do more celebrities. I kept saying, my whole book is tear sheets. But I just say, well, you know, right. and even on, in those type things, I just said, and I would always tell myself, just got to re-strategize. And at that point, I threw my book in the trunk of the car, just threw it there, and I said, well, you know, we'll think of something else to do. And I'm on a music video set, and it's a PA, and I tell my students, I said, never be disrespectful to the PA because a lot of them are film students, and they have to be a PA to start out. So one oh, day they're going to be directors. Oh, yeah, one day they're going to become directors and producers. They just have to start at the bottom. So I'm, I tell right. my students, I say, you, have, you treat everybody the same. You never know who people become. So I'm at, the, right. at the shoot, and this young lady comes up to me, and she goes, Gwyneth, you know, give me your book. I said, uh, you know, it's in the trunk of my car. We, I mean, literally, I had threw it in the trunk. <laughs> and I said, I'll go, and, and thinking i got to be strategized and do something else with it. I just threw it in the trunk, so I'll leave it there until I think about this. And I told her, I said, in my trunk, I'll go get it on, on break. And and she said, well, my boss is 
looking for makeup artists. I never asked her who her boss was. I didn't even consider it. I just, like I said, threw my book in the trunk. I was like, till I come up with another thing to do with it, that's what it said. Mm-hmm. And when she asked me that, I went and got it, gave it to her, never questioned her anything. And then when she came back, um, she said, my boss wants to hire you. And I looked at her. I said, you know what? I never asked you who your boss was. I just let you take my book. I, I didn't question the whole thing. And she said, well, my boss is Pebbles. And I what? said, Pebbles is you see how that said, happened? <laughs> yes, and she said yes, and this was funny. I this was funny. She said, you see that? You see that? I, she said, I want to hire, she said, I said, she's hiring me sight unseen. She's never met me. She said, well, she wants to hire oh you because they had, just moved to, they had just moved to Atlanta. And as a label, they were trying to find makeup artists to come in with their artists, and they were tired of flying people in from L.A. and New York. And what was funny about it, she said, well, she said she wants to hire you because out of all the makeup artists they had met in Atlanta, black or white or whatever, they kept saying everybody's book had all these white people and maybe one or two black ones. And maybe she said, but your book was the only one that had these multicultural races in it. She said, and I kept saying, give me that girl because she can do anybody. <laughs> can I say something to that? Yes, no ma'am. matter what, you got to stick to your guns. Yes. I started this show, and I have to just insert this, in 2008 when people didn't even know what a podcast was. But I was wow. so clear and so sure that this is what I was supposed to be doing. I kept chugging along, chugging along, and here we are. We just celebrated five years, over five, well over wow. 500 shows. You know, just wow. what you say, you have to stick to your guns. If you know that this is what you're supposed to be doing, you have to rock on with it, regardless of what anybody on the outside says. They'll catch up to you. They will yes. catch up to you. I don't want us to yes. run out of time. Tell everybody a little bit about the conference that's coming up this weekend. I want to get down there and do some um, <laughs> live shooting and do red carpets and stuff. I just couldn't make it. Oh, I have other commitments. That's all right. We, we got I want to be there oh, so year. badly. <laughs> I do that I next year. Fight. All right. Well, mark me down. I want my spot now, my media spot right now. <laughs> Tell everybody about this wonderful conference oh. is coming up. Well, first I have to say, we are celebrating um, Reggie Wells. I know you guys know Reggie Wells, who did Oprah for countless, countless amounts of years. So we are giving him a legendary makeup award, and we are going to set an award in his name and every year pass it to another makeup artist that's coming, like, in that whole footstep thing. And what's amazing is, you know, coming in the footsteps behind him, but what's amazing is that Reggie Wells is such an influence over my life as a makeup artist. And coming up, I wanted to find someone I could just admire and admire, you know, look at their work and say, wow, they're incredible. And believe it or not, you know, when I came out of school, like I said, I saw a lot of white makeup artists, and I kept saying, someone black does makeup. (laughs) Who are they? I started, I said, Essence Magazine. Let's get Essence Magazine and do this. And I started looking at the covers of Essence and studying them. And then I just, and that's when I actually just did a subscription to Essence. So I can just take the covers out every month. And I started noticing recurring names, Reggie Wells. Reggie Wells, Reggie Wells. And from there, I just started getting Essence for seven years or more to just to see this young man's work on the cover. So I personally called him. We talked over the phone. And I got to meet him in person, and, and he and I talked. And every time he would see me, I would go up and introduce myself. It's so fun. I would do it every year when I would see him. And just the fact of being in the presence of him at award shows and at different television shows, and I would go up to him and say, hi, Reggie, it's Gwyneth. He would be Gwyneth, Gwyneth, I know you. <laughs> 
But I said, you don't have to introduce yourself to me every time. And, and he and I would talk on the phone. I said, well, you know, I know I look different every time. You see me only once or twice a year. He said, but I know you, Gwyneth. And I said, okay, sir. And he's just my favorite all-time makeup artist because he makes women look beautiful and like themselves. He doesn't give them his look. He just makes them look beautiful in who they are. And I love him for that. And his highlighting and contouring of shaping the face. And I remember people thought Oprah for years would have a facelift, and this man just knew how to highlight and contour and make those features stand out, which he had never had anything done or have anything done. He just knew how to come in and do the face, the contours of the face. Mm-hmm. And he's just phenomenal, phenomenal. This well, I, That's why I said at the top of the show, makeup artists can change the way your cheekbones look and the way all of these yeah. things look. Can people buy tickets or is it invitation only? How can people attend the event? People can buy tickets online. It is pmacshow.com, and that's P-M-A-C, show, S-H-O-W.com. And we have a place online that you can buy tickets. And another makeup artist we're celebrating is um, DeAndre Michael. He does Mary J. Blige. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, he's incredible. And we're celebrating him, and another young lady we're celebrating is Cheryl Thomas. Cheryl Thomas was the first black to be the head supervisor for Disney America and Europe. She made history, actually, because they had never had a black to head their makeup department and makeup wow. and hair supervisory department. And Cheryl Thomas lives in New York. Uh, she's from Atlanta, but she lives in New York. And she just got through um, doing, uh, uh, I think it's called sound, the, the, the play with uh, – Cooper Gooding and Vanessa Williams and Cicely Tyson, and she just finished that play. Now she's in Toronto getting ready for Aladdin to open. But she is phenomenal makeup artist, and for her to make history like that is so awesome. Um, We have a lot of different makeup artists. We have Manuel Torres, who does Love and Hip Hop Atlanta, and people love the makeup from that show, and Jeremy Dale, who does Nene. Uh, be there. Kevin Myers, who does the Braxtons. Uh, Malika James, who does uh, the game and does uh, single ladies. Uh, Keetrick Starks, who's doing Love Thy Neighbor. He just made the oh, head. Oh, wow. Makeup you just make me try to sleep theory. down there. You, you just to make me try to sleep down there in the middle of the night, huh? My husband's going to roll over and be like, you didn't tell me you were going to This oh, sounds gonna... like a great event. Oh, my goodness. Yes, and I'm, I'm so excited, and it's the first in Atlanta. We're having competitions, classes, uh, exhibitors, and it'll be a first award show. It's not a lot of award shows for makeup artists, so we're going to be awarding these guys for all their years. We have a young man, Roy Willie, he's on face-off. I mean, he just came in, I think he just came in second place on face-off, but he lives here. He does a thing here called Netherworld. It's a, a haunted house here in Georgia. We have people come from all over the world to come to this haunted house, but he's made the makeup department see what it is. And this young man will be getting the Decade Award uh, for coming in wow. and rearranging that whole makeup department and making it what it is at Netherworld. It's a scary house. People say the makeup is just, I don't go to haunted houses, though, but this young man, just I've seen his work and I've seen him on Face Off, phenomenal, and just, just got the best personality. Uh, we have a young man here named Toby Sales does special effects. He'll be getting an award in that category. He does movies. Uh, he does, um, I think it's Uncle Joe on the Tyler Perry show, uh, Medea Family Joe. Yes. And then, yes, he does that. And he does, he did uh, Mama's 
Mama's house with Mar- Martin Lawrence. He's the one that did the fat suit oh, and all yeah, that. Oh, yeah, Big Mama's house. Mama, yeah, Big Mama's house. So this young man, he and he does the Walking Dead also. And he does the teeth wow. for Vampire Diaries. He makes the teeth for Vampire Diaries. And so he's been doing special effects for 30 years. And he's been awarded yeah. for his time of doing that. So we are just excited. And we have one makeup artist um, at Yvonne Eaton. I, um, I wouldn't leave her out simply because she says she's giving me Philanthropic Award for mm-hmm. doing, doing women for the homeless shelters uh, that are at homeless wow, shelters. Wow, that's beautiful. And, you know, we, we need to award. We got makeup artists that do philanthropic work, too, so she's been awarded for that. Well, I yes. know this is going to be a great time. Gwyneth, thank you so much for joining us today. I am so grateful. Mm-hmm. I have put up on Facebook. We're going to put on our blog later on all the places that people can buy tickets. Send my send Atlanta and all my AT aliens <laughs> love from the NYC, and we'll we would love to have you back on the show soon. Thank you so much for joining oh, us. Thank you, Saida. You too. Great. Time. No problem. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Always remember, we shall pass through this world but once. Any good, therefore, that we can do or any kindness that we can show to any human being, let us do it now. Let us not defer or neglect it, for we shall not pass this way again. Thank you so much for listening. I love you guys. Thank you for supporting us for the last five years, and I'll see